What's up, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome to the Jam Space Podcast. It is I, Zach Cry. I hope you're all getting ready to have a wonderful holiday season. Hope your week has been going well. I know this episode's coming a little later than usual in the week, but uh, it's Thursday morning and we're ready to rock and roll. Today's guest is Mr. Brad Fry. He is the brainchild for Red Mesa and the man behind the scenes at Desert Records. We had a wonderful conversation. I don't want to take up any more of your time. We'll just get right into it. First... This is the title track off of Red Mesa's album, The Path to the Deathless, on Desert Records.
being on the show with us, man. No, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, everything sounds good on my end. How do I sound? Great. Cool, man. So, <clears throat> how are things over there in New Mexico? Are you in um, Taos or, or Albuquerque? I'm in Albuquerque. Uh, I've been here for about 11 years now. And uh, I'm originally from the East Coast, from Maine. And uh, kind of made my way down in the desert uh, by the time I was 30 years old. And, uh, yeah, I really like it, except for the summers. Um, you know, it's it's pretty hot, and there's there's nowhere to swim or cool off, you know. You're like a lizard here in the summer. Otherwise, um, I'm really inspired living here. And um, Albuquerque is kind of one of those last affordable big towns in the United States. Don't tell anybody, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, – it's definitely, um, <clears throat> I guess you can, you can have a, more of a work, work life or artist, artist and work balance here. Wow. That's nice. And, uh, what's the music scene like over there? It's pretty strong in terms of, there's a lot of different styles and a lot of musicians, there's a couple great venues to play, Sister Bar, Launchpad, Moonlight, El Rey. There's a lot of breweries that let musicians play. Um I think it's I think it's pretty great for this size town. That's awesome, man. Uh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm new to uh the valley. I've been out here in Phoenix for about three years now. And um <clears throat> I'm from a small town of like sixty thousand, so we had a really tight-knit community scene in my small hometown. And then I lived in Yuma for a little bit, and I found another really tight-knit community. And then over here in the valley, is so large, it's so big out here and vast that you don't really find that same kind of uh, tight-knit sort of uh, music scene. I mean, we have one with, uh, with the stoner rock scene and the desert rock is all kind of a big family. But other than that, it seems real few and far between. So it's mm, cool for mm. a big city to have like a tight knit community for music and stuff. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's really tough. I can't even imagine. Um, and you know, it's kind of spread out here too. I mean, you know, it's there's just a lot. There's a lot of a lot of genres of music, and there's a really, really, really small stoner desert doom rock scene here in Albuquerque. We're talking like. I don't know, a couple bands, you know. <laughs> right, right. Um, were you guys involved in the monolith of the on the Mesa? Did you ha mm -hmm. help out with that? Yeah, that's my uh, drummer Roman from uh, right from from my band Red Mesa. Roman is the is the co organizer uh, of that, and um, yeah, sadly his business partner and our friend dano passed away in sep late september very sad man i'm sorry to hear that uh, yeah it really it really hit the community hard here man um yeah it's it's really sad and roman's gonna continue monolith on the mesa and he's working on 2022 lineup and he's gonna do that in september and of course you know 
Desert Records and Red Mesa is there to support him in any way that he can. Um, and it's really fucking beautiful up there. And, and it's an amazing uh, place to have a festival like that. It's outside. Um, there's an amphitheater outside at the mothership Taos Mesa Brewing Company, which is a really great craft beer brewery up there. Really close to the gorge, which goes over the Rio Grande where they filmed um, the marriage the marriage scene in Natural Born Killers. Oh, wow. When you started saying the marriage scene, I knew what movie you were talking about. That's cool, man. Really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. It's, it's just... You're at 8,000 feet up on the Mesa with the view of the Taos Mountains, and Wheeler Peak is the tallest mountain in New Mexico, over 13,000 feet, and it's there up in the ski area. It's really it's really amazing. You should come out for that next year, man. I want to, man. I wanted to do it. Um, I know it was canceled this past year for COVID and everything, and then, uh, but before that, I wanted to come. I think Great Electric Quest was playing out there, and fucking, you guys had Sasquatch, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude, that was a. Uh, yeah, I wanted to come, man. <clears throat> that <Yeah>. weekend <laughs> is my uh, daughter's birthday, so it's kind of a a hard thing, you know. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah, of course. No, it's always always tricky, man. There's always something on going on conflicting with family and and music you know hey just bring her with me next time there you go camp out yeah let's talk about desert records man um the way i heard about you guys was through the legends of the desert split okay and then i've been uh slowly diving into red mesa um and the Betty Been Deadly EP I really enjoy. I just had her on the show, and she had nothing but great things to say about you and Desert Records. So uh, let's hear about your journey with, with this label, man. What made you decide to kick up your own label? I started in 2018, um, and it was solely... Well, no, there's a few reasons why I did it. Number one, I really wanted to learn more about music business, music industry, uh, the DIY culture in music, um, and to release uh, Red Mesa's album, The Devil in the Desert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for me, it was, I'm, I am the type of guy that I need to be hands on and understand how things work. Otherwise, I, I, I you know, I don't feel like I'm going to get it. And for me, it, Made sense for me to start a record label, um, but I, it wasn't something I ever thought of doing, to be honest, Zach, uh, ever, you know. Um, there's a lot of things that I think about all the time that I haven't done, <laughs> and you know what I mean? And I'm spending a ton of time doing Desert Records. Um, it's it's a weird journey because I was reached out, or you know, I was contacted by... Um, the band when the deadbolt breaks in 2018 after i'd put out the devil in the desert by red mesa and they were like hey do you want to do can we put out you want to put out our album i hadn't really thought about what i was going to do how i was going to do it and i did their release and i did a local band's release um the horn god that year too and so i put out three albums that first year and um, learned a lot about doing vinyl 
and how it just because you do vinyl doesn't mean it's going to sell. And that was like a really hard lesson, <laughs> uh, but, but a good lesson to learn. Right. It's expensive and there's a lot, a lot to it just to get it to the point of it being physical and out there. And I had to figure out how to sell stuff and distribution and, and man, it's been quite a, quite a journey. So 2019, I didn't do a lot. I, I put out one record in a couple compilations, um, and started to kind of really gear it up for 2020 with women of doom and legends, of the desert first one. And that's, you got nebula then, drag on the roster, man. I've been jamming them since way dude, back in the day. Those guys rule. I'm going to put out their new album in 2022. They're, they're fucking awesome. Nebula drag rules. Hell yeah. And then in the last year, well, 2021, I put out 18 albums. And that's just me doing all the work. It's really insane. Um, are these all, so are you doing vinyl on every one of these releases? Or are they mostly is it a mix of like just digital? Are you guys, uh, well, I'll leave you with that question first, and then I want to ask you another one. Sure. Yeah. No, I, no. Uh, Vinyl, no, only a few albums. Right, um, yeah, because vinyl's because jacked it, up right now. It's backed up. It's really expensive. If I did, if I did that for every album, I would be out of business. Um, <laughs> uh, so I do a mix of digital only. Well, no, I always do CDs. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna much. ask. That was my second part. Do you still believe in CDs? They sell for me on a really basic level enough for me to recoup my cost and get albums out there. Um, and make a couple bucks and so yes i do people buy them um i do at a start i do a really minimal amount 25 to 30 uh 25 to 50 cds um for the smaller bands and just kind of see how that hits and um you know some bands i we do some particular unique merch item like with betty ben and deadly we did um these really rad bandanas that um, she helped design with an artist and then had an Austin company print them up. And they were really, they were 22 by 22 inches and really awesome. Oh, I have and one. We went and saw her when she came through the valley recently. We picked one up. <clears throat> oh, very cool. Yeah. And I saw that you joined her on stage and yeah, it was very Jim Morrison like. It was very cool. <laughs> She uh, she, my she like called somebody up, and my wife's like pushing me up. Go, go, go! Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those situations. Like I don't have a guitar, and then they shove it in your hand real quick. <laughs> oh yeah, fun! <laughs> <laughs> like here you go, do something, entertain yeah. us. Like yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was a very great show, man. I enjoyed it. But uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah no and so you know i figure out other you know sometimes i do screen prints of the album cover like a 12 by 12 print print um you know whatever try to figure out something interesting t-shirts hats um you know uh just try to make each release unique and interesting um and uh yeah it's been quite a journey so I'm coming into the first fourth year anniversary in March and um yeah, I would just kind of see where this goes, you know. I know. You got quite a few releases, man. I don't see why it would slow down. Uh it's a nicely curated list too, man. You got Spliff Ripper on here. Uh, <clears throat> Spliff Ripper. That's hard to say. Uh Redbeard Wall, I know those guys. 
Aaron's a great dude out of Austin. He, I've had him on the show too. Or I don't he's think great. He, I don't know if he's in Austin. I think he lives uh, more West Texas, probably. But um, yeah, he's Lubbock, Lub- yeah. Lubbock area. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so how has this? Um, how has running your own record label benefited your own band? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it has? Do you think uh, it's played a good part in getting your name out there, making you look more legit? Or have Because I remember I started a record label of my own just to put my music out, just to pitch it to other bigger labels. That's how this whole Jam Space thing got started. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I started Jam Space Records to put out Who Do I Kill rec- uh, Who Do I Kill albums, just so that we could look a little more legit, you know. Uh, well, but, and that's a, that's a great strategy, in that. Yeah, I never had any. Um, well, I, have, I I would like to just put out my friends' records, but I don't have like huge ambitions for it. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work, and you're really you're dealing with someone else's passion and art, and you right. can't take. The- you can't take that lightly. I mean, that's the thing is like, once I started getting into it, it was like, wow, I really need to take this serious. And, um, if I'm going to put out music, that's not just my own. And, uh, cause you know, I know what that process is like. And you know what that process is like. It's writing a record and recording a record and then putting it out or that individual or band is a really big deal. And, you know, you're, you're part of that process. Uh, I'm not recording bands. I don't record bands. I just release music and do marketing and PR campaigns and social media and Do you all record that. yourself? Do you record your own band? No, I'm not proficient enough to do that. Oh, um, gotcha. uh, there are so many studios out there. I don't even have a studio. I am, um, you know, I, I'll, I'm so basic and, in some ways technology adverse when it comes to recording stuff, I will still just pick up my phone, my iPhone and record an idea through voice memos. And that's how I capture 99% of my ideas for red Mesa. That's a, that's a proven strategy, dude. Tried and true. I do the, I do the video facing down at the ground and record like that. So you can see what you played. Well, no, it'll usually just be a black screen, but you can hear what's going on. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I got you all. The, yeah, no, it's the same thing. It's just really basic, but that's what I do for Red Mesa, and then I just send those guys a guitar idea, and then we start jamming on it. Or my bass player also plays guitar, and he'll do the same thing. And it's like, cool, let's jam on that. Fucking really basic, you know? Um, but anyways, uh, so I don't record bands. I I... In that, and because of that, I never own their masters. Like, I'm thinking of this like, how do I run a record label that would be beneficial to bands as well as a label if that can happen? And I do 50 50 deals once I've recouped my cost, and I don't own their masters. I just ask them to license it to me for five years so I can do my best to get it out there, and then it reverts back to them after five years. That's a really. <clears throat> That's a really solid deal, man. It's a solid deal. I don't think it gets any better than that, man. <laughs> Hell no. Um, 
You guys got a Desert Records has a really sweet subscription deal. I mean, what you get for your buck is awesome. Can you uh, you want to explain the subscription deal you got? I hear Chris Beck talk about it all the time on Doom Tune. I really appreciate you asking about that. I really want more people to do it because it's a super good deal. Um, you can get all the releases that um, Desert Records has put out um, in the past, which is, uh, I don't know, like 33 albums, I think, and anything that we'll put out in the future um, on Bandcamp for 36 bucks a year. So you can pretty much get a release for a dollar, each album for a dollar. Um, if you want to get CDs, I have a CD tier where you get three CDs for $48. Um a year plus all the digital or if you want to do a vinyl you get a free vinyl each year plus um the three cds plus all the digital for 60 bucks a year wow that's 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 a sweet deal man jesus you're just giving it all away (laughs) it's i feel like i'm still building the fan base and i want people to hear the music and but you know alternatively if you want to go buy a record an album on Desert Records on Bandcamp. You know, I'm kind of right around that five to seven dollar mark for an album digitally. Uh, so really, the subscription's a great deal. No, I'm just messing with you. I think it's a great thing that you're doing. And yeah, I like <laughs> the deal that you have with the artists is very sweet, man. That's super awesome. Um, <clears throat> Betty was telling us the story how uh, the Legends of the Desert was originally going to be called Gunslingers. And that uh, she kindly refused, like, uh, did not decline to be on the original Gunslingers because they didn't want to be associated with that. So you ended up, uh, that became, uh, from what I understand, that's what became uh, Legends of the Desert. That's cool. I've never told that story before. Um, it's like so many things that have happened, and I forget um, some of that stuff. And I really appreciate, you know, Betty bringing that up because it's real, it's true. Um, the point behind Legends of the Desert was not reflective in my original title, and she called me out on it, and I really gained a lot of respect for it, and I didn't even know Betty to start. I had reached out to Sheverb and was like, yo, you guys want to be on this? You'd be a good fit. And that's Betty's full band. Right, right. Because um, I, I have an idea of what I'm looking for for it, and I'm really curating it really specifically because this is really flagship, you know, uh, release compilation release for desert records but the whole point is like can we tell a story of the of the west that's not the same old bullshit mm-hmm. of you know the perspective of the united states army or the cavalry or cowboys john wayne and guns and, and gunslingers and john wayne yeah. and all that shit that we've been fed through the years which was basically after the West was already fucking conquered by white people is what we know of the West. We don't know anything about the West prior to like, you know, 1860 pretty much, you know? And so um, I studied anthropology, Zach, and and a big part of it was Native American cultures in the the Southwest. And um, it's like, well, I can't get a job doing that shit, but I guess I could apply it to the record label a little bit. And I still feel like I haven't fully realized the concept with Legends of the Desert. But the whole point is sort of like, let's retell it from a different perspective, but also have musicians tell it from a perspective of the of the desert. So geographically, the bands have to be in the Southwest, and they kind of have to have a certain 
sound I'm looking for that's like heavy, Space. trippy, deserty, spacey, and really good musicianship. Um, and it's not going to be all guys, and I don't want it to be all white people. Um, right. And I'm working on that for the future series to really try to round this out a bit more. Um, and it is a bit of a stretch, the concept that I'm doing. But in some ways, I feel like it is a, the right thing to work on, you know? No, that's a noble cause. Uh, and the bands that you've had, that you've featured so far, just fit the bill perfectly. Um, I really enjoyed the Pale Horse, Pale Rider. Um, the way I came in contact with this Legends of the Desert is that I was reaching out to my buddy Joshua from Secrets of Lost Empires because I heard he did yeah. great artwork and he referred me to this album because he did the art. Um, and that's how I got into this whole, that's how I got into your whole scene, man, because of Josh. So shout out to him. Oh man, I love Josh and I've never even fucking talked to him on the phone. I don't even know what his voice sounds like. Um, <laughs> He's just listen so to great his to band, Secrets of Lost Empires. He sings for that. So cool. Yeah, yeah. right. I guess uh, that's a good point. <laughs> I, know his sing- I know his singing voice. Um, yeah, man, Josh fantastic artist. He's so easy to work with and just great dude, man. Uh, really, really feel so happy to be working with him. And I don't know why I originally reached out to him. It just felt right, I guess. And I guess that's like a weird answer for me but that seems to be how i'm doing desert records is like i'm kind of like oh whatever feels right how about them you know because i get a lot of submissions but i really i rarely sign anybody from those um i'm mostly going after bands in particular and i you know on Bandcamp is a great way to listen and find bands and you know, of course, social media, Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, but, um, and just try to put together something and that's kind of a cool lineup, but also is geographically spaced out so everybody can help book each other on tour. That's a big part of my whole, yeah. you know, bigger game plan, you know, and, and mapping out the United States to dot, connect all the dots from city to city. No doubt, man. You'll be a straight up fucking, uh, agency one day <laughs> yeah i don't know what's gonna happen you know man i gotta i gotta write a next red mesa record <laughs> so um i'm gonna i'm gonna not do a ton of releases next year but they're gonna be tasty and the first one's gonna be betty benedetley's yeah, next ep which is so exciting in the can man i'm excited about that february 18th the adventures of mabel and carter Betty's next EP. That's going to be the first release on Desert Records 2022. That's awesome, man. And then you're going to start writing a new album for Red Mesa? I'm writing one right now with the boys. We've had our third writing session. And um, at the moment, we're just getting together once a week on Mondays. And uh, um, we have a ton of ideas kind of from the pandemic, you know, like just us recording shit into our phones and stuff. And uh, starting to piece these things together. It's going to be tons of riffs, a lot more riffs. Um, Do you find it difficult uh, to transition from like the business mode into creative mode? 
Yep. It's been really hard because I've been in such that like problem solving mode where it's like, oh shit, I got to in deadline mode. Oh shit, I got to do this. I got to write this. I got to put this out. And it's sucked all my creativity. That gets I'm addictive, doesn't it? Problem solving. For me, I, I, I fall into that, man. I really love the business side of things and just solving problems and doing promotion and reaching out to this guy and responding to this email. You know, it gets you going, you know? It, it does for me too. I mean, it is a hundred percent office work. And so, you know, people think running a label is, it's not that sexy, right. um, <laughs> but I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm trying to get a workflow going that makes sense, but it's really sucked my creativity. But for Red Mesa, I'm starting to get it back. I'm starting to play guitar a little bit more at night. Um, you know, I have a, I have a one year old as well. So uh, my son, Wyatt was born in August of 2020. So he's, he's 16 months old now. Nice. So, I mean, it's on top of, everything else and having having him is just like kind of overwhelming and exhausting you know mm-hmm. um and finding that balance is is uh it's impossible <laughs> almost impo- it's pretty much impossible it's just sort of prioritizing right yeah yeah you know and you know i'm 41 man no i'm 42 fuck um i think um somewhere in there you're 41 so, you you're know, 41 with a secret to tell man <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> right you know it's like i'm not a i'm not a young young dude anymore and uh i'm just finding a balance that works man you know but i'm really passionate about music and um i think there's so much great music being made that nobody's hearing and i just i was tired of hearing shit on the radio that and complaining to people oh this fucking sucks what the fuck is this doing on the radio you know um and i would realize that like that's not going to change and then like, oh, streaming fucking sucks. Spotify sucks, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's not really going to change. So the only thing that can change is me and, and do something about it. And I guess it's my very small contribution, um, you know, to rock and roll. Would you say Bandcamp is your biggest tool to help propagate that online? Yeah, and I would say 90, 99% of my revenue. Yeah, Bandcamp's such a powerful place. I think we all should just migrate over there. They should have a more um if they had if they integrated a more like social uh media type of deal into it where people could communicate a little more effectively on there. I think uh people would get on there and stay on there, you know? Kinda like they do anything like Instagram or something. It's interesting. I never heard anybody say that. I don't uh, yeah, that you really can't so in, in some ways i like that there's not that though because yeah. it's really all about the music yeah it helps to not have that element there i think so uh, you know what i mean because i go on there it's just i feel like it's the truest form of going into a modern day record store online because you know you're going to be able to buy merch from a band as well it's my number one tool as well as an artist man that's where i direct everybody yeah and i would say most people outside of musicians don't even know what the fuck Bandcamp is which is such a bummer um because it's just oh man i don't know it's fun it's fun for me as a music fan to go digging in there man and go 
cool what's going on in the desert rock genre what's going on in atmospheric black metal you know whatever like just fuck man i love it i love Bandcamp, dude it is the perfect it's the perfect place for music in the digital age yes and as an artist man uh the, the process is so seamless somebody buys something from you bam it goes straight into your account uh, you see the whole thing go down. And when the pandemic kicked off and they were doing those Bandcamp Fridays on, on the first of every month, on the first Friday of every month, and uh, where they uh, withheld their revenue share from all profits. So bands were getting 100% profit. I mean, you go buy a vinyl from them for 30 bucks. 30 bucks goes right into their account that day. You're not waiting on royalties. It's not... It's not a one thousandth of a cent for every ten streams or however the fuck Spotify does their thing. Uh, it's just it's seamless, you know, and everything's transparent right there in front of you. I love Bandcamp as well. And yeah, that's great, man. For that's, them to do that, yeah. Bandcamp Friday was so huge for artists during a time when, um, you know, touring pretty much stopped and everything the the whole world stopped, you know. And you know. It was also huge for um, record labels because if Bandcamp hadn't done Bandcamp Fridays, I probably would have gone into business during the during the pandemic, to be honest. And all of a sudden, those kicked in, and it was like, oh, I can I can tread water, you know. Um, People were even like plotting their releases around Bandcamp Friday. I noticed. I do. Yeah, I still do. You know, still do. Dropping new merch, all that shit. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna release the Adventures of Mabel and Carter on Friday, bro. Hell yeah! <laughs> By Betty, like we haven't even announced yet. We're just gonna drop it as a pre-order. There you go. Um, and uh, I do that. You know, like it's part of the label strategy for sure. Bandcamp factors into that 100. percent It's that influential you know, as a small record label. I also love that, like, you can't find big artists on there. Like, I can't believe that they're not on there. Like, Adele or Taylor Swift or what the fuck ever. They're not on on Bandcamp, which is fucking mind-blowing. They will be at at some point, and they will make a ton of money from it. And everybody will be on there at some point, I would assume, unless... Because I don't think Bandcamp is saying no to anybody. To me, that doesn't seem like the platform is that way. It blows my mind that major record labels are not on Bandcamp. Um, and I'm really happy that they aren't. No, it's good. Leave, they don't need it. <laughs> let, let them leave that shit alone. Doesn't yeah, they can, SoundCloud, they can, don't a lot of these major labels have a lot to do with what's happening in SoundCloud? I'm not really involved in that world, but it seems like there's all, all these... Uh, sort of like DJ sets that have all these mainstream pop songs in it and shit. So I think that's where a lot of those mainstream artists flow through like the SoundCloud world. But I'm not Interesting. 100%, I'm not 100%. Yeah, I think sure. a lot of hip-hop and electronica is really big on there. Yeah. I only use SoundCloud for... I make private streams. Right, full, yeah. Perfect for that. albums so I can share them with press contacts or whatever. I use it for the Otherwise, same reason. SoundCloud's perfect for just that reason. Other than that, I don't use it, you know. And the, and you know, this is probably boring for for our listeners. We're like nerding out on fucking 
yeah <laughs> you know platforms but um you know anyways <laughs> i think uh, people listening to this will find it interesting man this is like four musicians by musicians you know cool yeah uh brad i don't want to take up too much more of your time is there anything that you want to shout out coming up in the near future i know we you said betty been dead been a deadly is coming out in uh february um anything else that you want to shout out man i do um and thank you for asking me that zach one i have partnered with foul sounds a guitar pedal company out of uh, denver colorado Okay. Foul. Foul sounds. And what's what's the scoop on that? Michael D. Martino is the owner and pedal maker, and he's making an official Desert Records pedal. Sick. Guitar pedal that is going to be a tremolo, reverb, and fuzz pedal all in one. I knew like it. The sound of the fucking desert. I knew it. <laughs> that's amazing bro that's huge news yeah and so i haven't told anybody yet so you get you get to announce that first bro you heard it here on the jam space podcast cast cast <laughs> right yeah. Hell yeah uh and then legends of the desert three is i'm waiting on the final mixes and uh I, i'm not ready to announce the bands yet but they are not new bands they're Old school desert rock bands from California. Oh man, that's awesome, dude! I can only imagine. Yeah, we literally have a legend on this one coming up, dude. That's sick, dude. I think I got a good feeling who it might be, but I won't say on the air. Uh, anything else? Um, I have a new website, Desert Records, www.desertrecords.us but it ships worldwide. I have distribution in North America and I do have distribution now in UK and Europe. Um, so anyone listening that's not in the United States, um, you can get stuff through uh, various distributors uh, in UK and Europe, uh, specifically Plastic Head, uh, Pack It Up. Um, so yeah, uh, and I just urge people to check out the artists and the bands on Desert Records. Uh, whether you're on Bandcamp or Spotify or go to the website um, or whatever, however you check out music, uh, it's out there. And I uh, really urge you to check out the artists because um, it's some excellent, excellent heavy rock and roll, doom, psych, desert rock, metal, instrumental, ambient, western stuff. Really cool stuff. Yeah, it's got everything there. And um, I think the reverb tremolo fuzz pedal sums it up also. (laughs) Yeah, dude. (laughs) I can't wait to hear it myself. I haven't heard it yet. He's still working on it. Well, Brad, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. And uh, I hope to see you guys soon. My pleasure, buddy. We hope to get out. Red Mesa should be out in Arizona in early... um, I hope you get out there in February. We're going to do Planet Mammoth. Of course, that got pushed back. Yeah. Um, we're I'd love to shoot over there, there, man, and check everything out over there. It looks beautiful in all the imagery I've seen. Just let me know if you're coming out, man. Always yep. welcome. Will do, Brad. Well, hey, have a good night, man. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me on, Zach. I appreciate it. 
Yes, sir. Anytime, man. Anytime. Anytime you got something that you want to push on here or anything like that, let me know. We'll do it again. Awesome. Thanks so much, brother. Okay, man. Later. Yep. That was Brad Pride from Red Mesa and Desert Records. Go to desertrecords.bandcamp.com. Check out everything they got to offer. Dig into those Legends of the Desert splits. Be on the lookout for Betty Bennett Deadly's new EP coming soon. And uh, get that subscription service, man. I don't know who's offering that good of a deal anywhere else. We're going to close this out with another track from Red Mesa. This is a cover. I'll let you guess what it is. See you guys next week.